0: Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange with Leander Young, where we dig into conversations with seasoned musicians to discuss their life, art, and the faith of jazz as they see it. In this episode, we interview a composer, vocalist, violinist from Wales, Claire Victoria Roberts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange. Today we have Miss Roberts, Clara Victoria, right? Yeah. Good. Well, ma'am, could you please give a short introduction about yourself and we'll get into it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a singer and violinist and composer. Um, and I'm interested in combining the kind of um, style of improvisation I love in lyrical jazz with the kind of singer-songwriter folky type style that i like to play violin in and also with kind of contemporary classical textures that i use when i compose so i'm trying to bring all three together
0: understood and i just wish to say you have a amazing voice i think
1: oh thank you so much
0: so what led you down this gypsy jazz road
1: so i'm kind of um it's a bit unusual in that I learned violin with my dad growing up in Wales and he loves jazz and played in a gypsy jazz band that would quite often perform um, standards, but in Welsh. So they'd change like the, the lyrics of these songs to be in Welsh and he'd take sort of grappelli style solos on them. And I grew up listening to this kind of music. Um, but then I studied violin classically. So uh, it was kind of a bit of a mixed bag then um, and I got kind of offered a job playing Western swing music which I had no clue what I was doing or anything but they needed somebody who sung and also played violin and I was like great yeah I'll do that um, and transcribed some solos and like memorize them and wasn't really knowing what on earth I was doing. Um, but toured with that band for five years and they were called the Swing Commanders and we did 1940s swing music for dancers and bits of western swing and I was just kind of going to different jazz festivals in Europe and getting a feel for things and was like yeah actually I really want to learn more about this so I then went to study jazz singing in Barcelona where I learned a bit more about yeah, a much broader variety of styles and how to sort of approach improvisation and I got much more of a, an idea for it then, having played and sung mostly for dancers, actually mostly for Lindy Hop dancers playing swing music. And it, it was really, really good fun, but I honestly didn't know what I was doing.
0: <laughs> no, but you made it work. I'm actually glad that you transcribed solos and memorized them. <laughs> that's a whole lot of conversation I had with this kid the other day. He says that's a dumb and useless skill. I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> so... I just wish to know, like, do you mainly focus on 30s and 40s styles?
1: No, absolutely not. So, yeah, that was, that was, um, Whilst I was touring with the band and really enjoyed, enjoyed it and and loved a lot of the vocalists from that same time period, you know. Um, But then for this, for my, for an EP I released, I was focusing mostly on actually kind of French chanson, um and some other kind of singer-songwriter styles and things that were a bit broader um and then i went on to to work on this new album that i have coming out in june which is a mixture of all kinds of things really but it's my own original music and it's this idea of combining some aspects of like lyrical jazz but with more of a singer-songwriter kind of style more um yeah, there's there's lots of strings. I've I've been listening to a lot of um, other kind of vocalists who I admire, um, and a lot of like Melody Gardot and her arrangements of things, um, and then combining that with things that have a slightly more contemporary edge in terms of the orchest- orchestration. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where I'm at ish. <laughs> okay, no
0: problem. I just don't know much about the Welsh scene In terms of jazz So it was also
1: mm-hmm.
0: At least to me, I thought it was cool that Even the Gypsy album was coming out for it
1: <laughs>
0: And one other thing, before we even kit- Continue, I just have to ask one question Ryan Giggs or Garrett Bale?
1: <laughs> oh wow, you've been research in Wales <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah, so you gotta answer that though, which one?
1: <laughs> Garrett Bale
0: Oh okay I disagree. Ryan gigs all the way, but yes. (laughs) Okay, so did the Barcelona, because you're over there right now and you're studying over there, do you think that actually reflected or reflected or actually was the main motivation behind this album?
1: Um, So I'd written a lot of the music before I came, but then I recorded some things afterwards and definitely musicians from Barcelona hugely influenced uh, the album who I, you know, musicians who I'd been listening to for a, for a long time. And then I came out here and got to see them live and was like, wow. Um, so that's Rita Payas and also Sylvia Perez Cruz. Um, and they're both jazz musicians, but they are in a kind of, I don't know if, you know, they're under the big, large umbrella of jazz. Um, and I mean, Sylvia Perez Cruz sings a lot of flamenco and she sings all no, know, kinds of styles. I, know,
0: yeah, yeah. Not, I love for I don't know if a lot of my audience knows about that style of music, but I try not to label jazz as one thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good idea. and <laughs> um, um, yeah, so I, I I was definitely hugely influenced by those those two musicians in particular who who live and work here and the fact that a lot of the vocalists here who sing jazz, they would also not think twice about getting up and singing a bolero or singing um yeah or having I mean like Rita Pierce's album, she 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 can play standards on trombone and improvise amazingly with the local jazz musicians here. But she also writes her own songs which are a mixture of kind of Boston over and kind of um bolero or Catalan folk songs or flamenco or classical guitar. It's just the the I think for singers in particular, the the range of what's kind of accepted as a jazz singer, I, I think here, for me at least, feels so broad and so wonderful.
0: So you think it's more difficult to be a jazz singer over there?
1: I don't know. I guess I, for me, one struggle is that, uh, so I speak some Spanish, um, but there's a huge number of people who speak Catalan in Barcelona and it's similar to... Uh, in Wales, you know, there's uh, Welsh language and English language, except in Barcelona, it's much bigger. The the Catalan, there's music colleges here, one of which is basically all in Catalan. Um, and it's mm. so cool. Like this minority language, I guess, is um, really alive and um, spoken so much here. And there's times when I'm kind of like slightly at the edges of things, needing to, needing to improve my Catalan. Um, but yeah, definitely on a in terms of like audiences here, you know, so I I sung at a jazz festival in Vegas, which is in Catalonia over the summer, and it was like a small festival, a small stage, but so many people are outside. It's warm, they're outside and they're hanging from their balconies and or sitting on a big plaza and able to sit out and watch it. And I, I can't imagine that happening in the UK in this quite the same way. I think there's more of a kind of um, a community feel in a lot of places. So Begas is a small town, but people are there for the jazz festival. People are sat outside drinking, whether they intended to go and hear jazz or not, I don't know. But because there's more of a community culture and more of a culture of being outside, I feel like the festival scene is so cool. And yeah, definitely makes for good opportunities for, for performing performance.
0: So what, how would you compare there to the British scene? Um, in terms of jazz?
1: Yeah, I think definitely, as I mentioned, yeah, like the, the festivals feel like there's a lot more kind of smaller festivals, small towns, small plazas, or um, Barcelona obviously has an amazing jazz festival in the city itself that had international artists and things. But yeah, just for, for certain events, like they will celebrate, different saints, like, in the Catholic calendar and have, like, a, a, a festival day in different towns for those celebrations. And it wouldn't be rare to just have uh, a jazz band playing and to have live music being, I think, just a lot more present in the culture. Um, whereas in the UK, um, I guess, I, I don't feel that confident speaking for the jazz scene in the UK because, for example, touring with the band, we, we performed... Swing music, and it it wasn't necessarily part of the jazz scene itself. And then in Wales, I performed at some really, really lovely jazz clubs. Um, but on the on the whole, yeah, the audiences um, are are so are so lovely and and so welcoming. But it just feels like there aren't as many kind of of these community events that there are here. And I guess the other thing is, as a vocalist, um, like I mentioned. So there was a there was a college jam where I studied, and sometimes singers would get up and perform, you know, perform South American music, perform different Latin jazz or Cuban music or flamenco or bolero styles, and it it that was cool, and it wasn't like a different thing; it wasn't like mad to get up and perform something like that, even at a jam session. And so in my you just
0: jumped on the stage during their set. <laughs>
1: It's just, it's just kind of, it's interesting to me that, yeah, it's like...
0: Okay, that would piss off a lot of artists I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, being a violinist in this scene, what is something that people misunderstand about it? Like you being a vocalist, jazz artist?
1: And I think, so I, yeah, as I said, I studied violin classically and then I studied as a vocalist with jazz um but for the album I wrote a lot of string parts like as a violinist you know I wrote a lot of different kind of soundscapes that feature strings myself playing but also writing lots I've written lots for string quartet on my EP voice of string quartet and then for this next album there's like a string orchestra for some of the arrangements and I think I do feel quite aware that as a if you are, a, there's amazing jazz violinists out there, particularly, you know, the Gypsy Jazz has its own kind of whole history as for, for violinists and also other types of jazz. Um, but I was working primarily with classical string players performing my arrangements. And I think because I train on violin classically, I feel quite aware of the boundaries for people. I think it can be quite difficult sometimes working with string players who are classically trained if you're coming from a jazz background background and and you kind of want to achieve something different but it feels like you're faced with you know a brick wall players not wanting to improvise or to go out of their comfort zone but gotcha. i kind of feel yeah. like yeah i kind of feel <laughs> like i knew i sort of know where the limits are for people so i was able to kind of create notated music and and different options for them to play so that there was a feel of things being spontaneous or that I could create a kind of curve in the music almost like a graphic score like I just kind of draw a line like I want it to go like this and like this but you don't have to pick up and play your violin as if you're playing Mozart and to yeah. kind of understand that the 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 boundaries and, and also the areas where people will feel comfortable it's like actually yeah can you if you could just play any of these three notes with these techniques for a minute and then and then sort of start to feel them open up to a new comfort zone.
0: So you have them vamping or you just have them notate different chords that they're not used to?
1: Um, I guess a mixture of the two. So I, I created kind of different boxes with different bird songs for the, the single, which is out tomorrow, Swooping of Swallows um is, has some kind of handle, like a bird song section. Um, and it wasn't fully notated, but there were some kind of ideas notated in different boxes, um, and it just, even though they didn't have to necessarily think of what they were going to play, they could pick um, an idea from a box that was maybe one particular sound, one pitch, one one um, like small riff or something it still encouraged the group to like listen to each other and respond in a way that felt musical to them. So it still kind of felt like group improvising. They were sort of choosing a section, choosing when to start to play and when to stop. Um, and it took a couple of kind of runs, but they didn't have to necessarily yeah, think of, think of the pitch they were going to play or the rhythm they were going to play. And it did feel, it sounded free and felt really nice. And hopefully people had a nice time and didn't feel like I'd thrown something totally crazy at them.
0: The uh, conservatory string players I know probably would not have liked that assignment. So if you were able to pull that <laughs> off, you are a legend in your own way.
1: Well, yeah, you have to get lots of tea and biscuits and tell everyone, you know, how how great they sound as well.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, there was what was he? He was a he was trying to be a soloist in just alto saxophone. At one of the conservatories that I briefly went to. Okay. And this guy then decided to go try to jam with the jazz group. And even the classical people were like, is he practicing or is this the best he could do? (laughs) So, yeah, (sighs) whatever. (laughs) So was there any down experiences when you show up to these groups and ask people to do this stuff? Like people just walk out on you or anything?
1: <laughs> um luckily luckily not I think um there've definitely been times where I've I've felt like I've um needed help myself from other musicians so I kind of you know I'm just grateful that people haven't walked out on me to be honest um there's times when you know I really rely on guitarists and pianists to to help me if I have a, a sound in my head and I'm like, oh, I I can't, you know, can't get this. Can you play me 10 different options and I'm going to choose one? And, you know, I I probably have plenty of deeper moments myself, so I'm glad no one's walked out on me. <laughs>
0: okay. Just curious. <laughs> Not trying to insult you on that. <laughs> have you ever been invited to play on a non-jazz album? Like um, even a pop album?
1: Yeah, I've, I've performed on some... I've performed some pop albums like um, as a session player um, so playing you know long notes and then they layer it up um, on the violin and I've done plenty of backing vocals for kind of folky albums. I used to I used to do backing vocals for a Bob Dylan tribute <laughs> and that was that was, was uh, quite fun gigs but very um, very very different crowds from what I would would play to with my jazz so yeah
0: Have you ever turned down any offers? That you're willing to talk about? <laughs>
1: um, I guess uh hmm. That's a tricky one. I guess I'm hoping now in future to be able to turn down more kind of uh commercial work which I used to take on to pay bills. And I think probably a lot of musicians, at least in the UK, have similar experiences. Like there's a lot of saxophonists who love playing jazz, and they have their original jazz project that they love so much. But also, in order to pay rent, sometimes on a on a Friday night, they go out and play the classics, you know, um, to in nightclubs or whatever. And, and that's like a, a way you can make money very easily in the UK. And I used to do the same thing sometimes, um, doing so some those commercial gigs. Which, yeah, I'm now able to to kind of choose a bit more where I work because I think it's difficult. you like to imagine, oh, being a musician equals getting paid to make music. But actually sometimes if you're getting paid to make the wrong kind of music and it's, you know, it's something that you're doing just as a job, then it's, it's not necessarily your hopes and dreams. And, and maybe it is good sometimes to have a different job or some teaching work or something else, and then focus your performing on an area that really fulfills your musical kind of aspirations. Okay. But it's everyone's different.
0: <laughs> no, I understand, but how should I put it? Even the stuff that I see touring from England or what I perceive is actually making money in England is more <laughs> uh, afro, funk, dance hall, jazz, whatever you want to call it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's kind of what I was sort of getting at with the the vocalists here in um, in in Barcelona, like I was saying, they, they really, they go, they turn a lot to their, to their traditional music as a, as a country, like their traditional kind of, yeah, as I was saying, like the, the kind of Spanish songs, like in one of my singing lessons, my singing teacher, it was me and a guitarist and she got out this Bolero that's called, I Todavia Una Cancion. And we just like, sung through it and the guitarist did a solo and it, it felt really, really different from, from from the UK, from the style in the UK. And the person who I guess I look up to in the UK who is doing more of what I see in Barcelona, more of like infusing a different, their, their own kind of heritage and things um, as a Celtic person is Fergus McCready, the pianist. So he's Scottish pianist and he uses loads of traditional Scottish influence in his writing. Um, And I think that's super cool for that kind of, yeah, people from Celtic countries, like this is what I'd like to do more. You think about like yeah, traditional Welsh music and how I can incorporate that into improvisation, as opposed to, I guess, trying to yeah be be someone who I'm not or whatever um, and feel influenced by the music that I, all the different music that I love listening to.
0: Okay, then what is your dream album then?
1: because I'm like
0: getting a whole bunch of different stuff
1: here (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's funny the the so the the album I just finished working on in so many ways was a dream like it was I was so happy to work with um to work with the basically orchestral players and to to write these kind of textures and as I mentioned sort of like loosely having some sections that I improvise and writing my own arrangements and being able to sing my songs. Um, and yeah, still there's some tracks which feature a jazz quartet and, like, and, has, and has that. So definitely the the chance to record that was, was amazing. Um, and as I say, hugely influenced by listening to the big orchestra arrangements in some of the Melody Gardo records um, and older ones as well. Um, but I guess my dream kind of tour, I think following that album, it would be to have like a really nice, um, sort of, as I say, the mixture of this singer songwritery folky kind of thing with some improvisation and, and the incorporation of like the type of lyrical jazz that I love. So it would be like three part female harmonies in these lovely, Singer songwriter style, some acoustic guitar, some harp, and then like bass and percussion and piano, and to do a mix of yeah, some some more lyrical jazz and some more infused of, with like some bit of Celtic fiddle in there <laughs> and some harp and yeah. If you so we're not gonna <laughs> if gonna get you know anyone, let London know. No, this no, is. <laughs>
0: Their album's like the third time around that I listened to it. I'm like, I actually love this. <laughs> so I can't knock anything that you're doing. <laughs>
1: what is what is your dream album?
0: My dream album? Well, half of them are dead, so I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and the people that are around, I can't afford them, even if they were willing to do it on discount. Mm,
1: it's, it's tricky, yeah. It's <laughs> tricky
0: let's just say I was to do something with Bradford Marcellus. He's probably going to tell me what sounds best, which is good and bad, (laughs) but I'm not going to challenge him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I wouldn't either, but I get what you mean.
0: Yeah. Okay. Whatever (laughs) though. But yeah. So do you have anything planned after this album already or no?
1: So I applied for, a sort of funding grant, which is becoming more and more rare to be able to get these, these kind of funding opportunities. So I applied for a funding grant to, basically, the album is orchestral scale, which was awesome for a Gordon in lockdown. But for now touring the album, I, I, there's not many venues that I can take an orchestra to that would let me and definitely do not have the budget for an orchestral live tour. So I applied for some funding instead to make the album kind of smaller scale. So as I was saying about maybe having, yeah, like some some additional vocals, a small string group or a, a half, some piano, guitar, like making it go from being an orchestral album to something a bit easier to tour. So I'm going to work on rewriting that and then I'm playing some festivals actually in Wales um, in, in June. And I uh, it's very typical Welsh place names. Um, one of the festivals is a place called Fantilio, okay. um, which has that sound, which is a double L in Welsh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and also in other parts of Wales, in, in North Wales, in Wrexham, and in the town where I grew up, which is Carmarthenshire. Okay.
0: No problem then. Well, could you tell the people where to find you, your website, everything else you're willing to share?
1: (laughs) Yes, I'm willing willing to share whatever they want. So my my website is com, and the album will be available in all the usual album type places you can go looking for on the internet. Um, And my name there is Claire Victoria Roberts. Um, And on social media, every year I tell myself i'm going to be better at posting on social media so <laughs> maybe this will maybe this year will be the one so it, it's a great way to maybe help people find my music but i never get around to uh, to sharing things so
0: <laughs> no understood okay well thank you for joining us ma'am it means a lot
1: thank you for having me
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> and everyone this is leander from improv exchange thank you have a good one That's that on jazz. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Improv Exchange. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Improv Exchange.